Welcome back to the Craps Jackpot Fantasy Football Podcast. It is December 14th at 4 o'clock p.m. in the evening, and um, I'm a little upset today. Not going to lie. I was right at the gates to the bye week, and James Conner said, no, not today. It's not going to happen for you. So uh, I got bumped back into third place. We'll get to that. Um, but I think the main story today is the result of a couple of these matchups here. We had three people that were most likely not going to be making the playoffs, and that was this is the year with a 2-11 and 11 record at the time. We had Thundercats with a 5-8 and eight, or a 4-9 and nine record at the time. Hans Molman with a 6-7 and seven. And then uh, Pontiac Bandits with a uh, six and seven as well. So Hans Molman was playing Bone City, so the winner of that game was going to get the sixth place playoff spot. So um, that did go to Bone City. Lamar Jackson getting injured in the game, I believe, was quite a substantial difference maker. So we'll go through the recap of the week here. Um, let's start with that matchup. What we do, um, you know, I think it would be unreasonable to say that Lamar could have done the point differential, but it is Lamar Jackson. It was enough to make up for um, what it was. He just ended out in that game with just 1.18 points. Now, he came out. We don't know what's happening with him injury-wise. I don't think he's likely to return. I think Baltimore is going to have to be moving on. They lost that game 24-22, to um, but Lamar Jackson leaving is a big deal, especially when you're at the uh, the gates of entering into the fantasy playoffs here. So uh, that was the nail in the coffin. It happened at the 12 o'clock game, so the Jeffs knew pretty early that things were looking real dire. Um, Aaron Rodgers putting up 30 points against Chicago for Brett with four touchdown passes, 341 yards. Um, obviously, they beat Chicago 45-30 to in that game. Um, but that's the first performance from Aaron Rodgers this season that has been dominant. Um, other than the last three weeks, <laughs> uh, Aaron Rodgers is actually quietly putting up some real big numbers. Uh, you hear him like, you know, they always throw him in like that MVP candidate territory, but Aaron Rodgers on average has over 20 points in a year. Um, he's got one real down game. He did not play at all week nine, uh, or if he did zero points and 3.32 in that week one awful route from New Orleans, which New Orleans of all teams given him that 38 to three loss that uh, you would not expect it. So, uh, but yeah, Aaron Rodgers with 30 points. He had CD lamb with 14 and a half Debo Samuel, all Brett's team, by the way, 12.9 Najee with 25.4. We were playing halo and Najee was putting up a clinic there, especially on a loss 36 to 28. And Najee puts up 25 is impressive stuff. David Montgomery with 14, um, pretty average for him. Noah Fant with 9.1 serviceable, probably exactly what you expect uh, or hope you know that he would get. Uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire with a 20-point game in the LA defense, the Chargers defense with six points. Um, I hit them rated a lot higher against the Giants. Not think that they were just going to get two sacks a pick and a fumble recovery. I thought at the very least they'd have three sacks, two picks, and maybe a fumble recovery. I mean, Daniel Jones didn't play in this one. Uh, but New York, you know, can, always finds ways to turn over the ball. But they, they did lose. Uh, on the other side, we already talked about uh, Lamar Jackson putting up just a point. Amari Cooper had a really uh, a really nice game for Amari Cooper. 27-20, um, to 20, he gets 16 points there. 
uh, Julio Jones for Tennessee against Jacksonville. He will come on as weeks go by. Uh, not going to matter for Jeff as much, though. Consolation bracket still does mean something if you're placing, placing some side bets to recoup some losses. Sonny Michelle, I thought was a good pickup. Just rushes flat on the ground for 79 yards, 7.9 points out of that. Nick Chubb with a real average performance. Um, Mark Andrews. Tight ends really came through this week. Mark Andrews, Dawson Knox, George Kittle, 28.5. Mike Evans with 21 points. And then the Green Bay defense with 13 points. Uh, just good enough for 104. Final score of that game, 130.94 to 104.58. That puts Brett into the playoffs into the sixth seed. Brett will be taking on Andy in this upcoming week here. So that would be a really good matchup. That's also my matchup of the week here. Just out of the two matchups that are, are happening here. Uh, moving on into probably the next most important game here was uh, myself and Galus. So you heard me top of the show talk about yeah, I needed the win. Obviously here, uh, the way it worked out was Mick has a win ahead of me. And if we tied, like if he lost this week and I won, our records would be matched up. And I had more points, which would put me in second place because points is a tiebreaker on record. So let's get to this. So a total of 123 to 85 in favor of Jake the Snake. Uh, Kyler Murray putting up 20. Deontay Johnson with 15 and a half. Terry McClure, a concussion, went out in this game. The quarterback play in Washington plus a negative game script. He's just fallen completely out for me after week eight. He's just like dropped off the map um, for me, unfortunately. It's just a wasted year for such a talented guy. Um, but at least it's not Allen Robinson who's totally checked out for the Bears. Had to get that in there. Uh, Javante Williams decided to play him, even though Melvin Gordon was back in this one, puts up 21.3 points. Aaron Jones with 21.5. George Kittle with 34.1. He was a tight end one that week, 151 yards, 13 catches, and one receiving touchdown on 15 targets. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, he is being evaluated for an MRI. He came down weird in the end zone at one point in time and then went off the field late, late, late in the game. But he went 5 for 54. Uh, target share, he finally hit double digits for the first time this year, but only caught 5 for 54. No touchdowns in this game for him. So we're looking at a floor game for Hopkins at 10. Not great. Uh, the Buffalo defense didn't expect him to do much against Tampa Bay. Like him in the playoffs, not so much with some of the injuries. Other side of the ball, Dak Prescott, just he has not been working out, unfortunately. Um, I think he's got some easy games ahead of him, though. If you look at his playoff schedule, it's really good, which is a reason that I had, I had traded for him initially was to get him against the Giants, Washington, and Arizona because, like, why the hell wouldn't you want Dak Prescott against those teams? Expect him to be putting up some points. Chase Claypool, this was the most frustrating thing for me this week, just in general, fantasy football aside. If you watched that game on Thursday night, he had some of the most obnoxious things happen in the game. Who celebrates when you have 30 seconds and you're running the clock down and you've got to get in the end zone or you've got to get some points on the board, and he decides to celebrate and then he blames it on a lineman for smacking the ball out of his hands? Like, get out of your own way, Chase Claypool. The the stupid uh, personal foul that he had jamming his finger into someone's face right in front of the ref. Um, he just, he, he had so many stupid things. He, he missed blocking assignments on multiple occasions last night, uh, or not last night on Thursday night. It was just a dumb game. And somehow he ends up with more points than Deontay Johnson does who, by the way, Deontay Johnson also left some points on the board there because he had some end zone, end zone targets that he just did not convert. So, 
Um, I'm more mad that they Tomlin kept Chase Claypool in the game when the guy was clearly hurting the team in crucial spots. Cole Beasley put it together. Buffalo went into overtime, so he, he got a little bit of garbage time points there. No, not garbage points. Uh, just some late points for them. Leonard Fournette continues to cook. 113 rushing yards, one rushing touchdown, and off four catches, too. They're not even using Ronald Jones at this point. Um, yeah, I mean, he is ranked 18. He's RB4 on the year. New Orleans is uh, going to be a tough matchup for him, but just the volume so much there. That's a late game coming up. So um, Antonio Gibson fumbled again, 36 rushing yards, two catches. Um, you know, the this isn't what you want from him coming down the stretch. Philadelphia is a really tough defense too. Um, I don't love his playoff schedule. McKinnon might be coming back this week, but I think you just got to keep rolling him out there and cross your fingers that he's going to do well. Um, sort of a an obvious thing. Hawkinson didn't end up playing. It wouldn't have mattered. Cook only got 8.8 points, and that wasn't enough to make the difference here, but... Um, not a surprise inactive ended up being inactive before the game. Hawkinson doesn't play. It doesn't really matter. Denver just smoked them between Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams, who both had uh, a touchdown and over 20 points in fantasy each. Had that just been one guy, that running back between Denver's two running backs, he had 44 points, 44.4. Um, Kareem Hunt injured in the game, went out uh, two catches for 13 yards and five rushing yards. Uh, I'd like to see him healthy. He's not going to be in Cleveland next year, but it'll be interesting to see where he ends up because he's he's right in that mm, getting towards the end of his career for a running back, like mid to late 20s, which is surprising uh, age demographic there. And then Denver's defense puts up Denver's defense puts up 10 uh, enough for uh, for Galis to get 85.94, 123.02 on the other side of the ball there. Uh, Jake the Snake stays in third place with that. Um, what I would have considered to be my most important match for the week, certainly not for playoff indications here, was Camper Dude and Blood Brothers here. So Blood Brothers, um, you know, doesn't really matter to them what happens at this point in the year. Josh Allen was playing like, yeah, I don't want to say trash, but for fantasy he was until like mid-third quarter. Then they started to turn it on. He ended the game with over 100 rushing yards, two passing touchdowns, and 300 yards, 36.22 out of him. I think he was QB1 on the week. Justin Jefferson, still great, 20 points. Chris Godwin, still great, 20 points. Zeke, not great, 9 points. Um, Ty Johnson, 9.7. I get it. Not a lot of other options here. Um, Tyler Conklin with 4. T. Higgins with 16.4. Then the Tampa Bay defense with just five, so 121.32. Mick was going in this game, I think, under 20 points differential here, and uh, the last person to go for him was James Conner. So you got Joe Burrow with 22. They came in late, did the overtime thing. Uh, We've got uh, Tariq Hill, 76 and four catches. Cordero Patterson had a pretty average day for him. He gets the rushing touchdown, 60 yards. Just two catches for him, though. Peculiar stuff. Joe Mixon, not his greatest work. Um, no touchdowns for him. He was in an absolute smash spot, too, against San Francisco. You felt like he could get it done. Uh, we're going to skip Connor for now. We'll come back to him and end this on him. Gronkowski with 11.2, five catches. Uh, I still love the targets he gets. He's he's almost seeing double-digit targets, almost. He hasn't seen double-digit targets all year. But with Antonio Brown not playing, 
Gronkowski's a benefactor of that. The biggest benefactor of all the wide receivers, as a matter of fact, or anyone who's going out to catch passes, I would say, would be him uh, and Leonard Fournette. Josh Jacobs has a, I would say, crummy day. I, he should have been phenomenal, but Las Vegas got smoked in this game, 48-9, to absolutely smoked, and they deserved it too, going out to do their pregame huddle on the, the 50-yard line right over the logo too, completely disrespectful going into someone's house and do that. Tennessee's defense against Jacksonville putting up 21 points. No points allowed, four picks, three sacks. That'll get you 21 points apparently. So James Conner needs to have a 23-point game in order for me to get knocked back in this one. Not only does he get that relatively quickly, he gets 33-and-a-half, two rushing touchdowns, 94 yards, nine catches, yeah, so just like nine catches for James Conner. Like, I'm in another league. I don't like talking about this. Chase Edmonds was was considered to possibly be coming back. There was a greater chance, it seemed like, that he was going to be back in this game. So it's like, oh, great. He'll get his normal workload and cut into James Conner's production. He doesn't come back in this game, and uh, he puts up his second highest point total of the year next to that 40-point game that he put up back in Week 9 against San Francisco. Uh, so it's just frustrating, especially when you put up 33 against the Rams defense. Aaron Donald totally biffed him uh, and let him score a touchdown. He just jumped around him basically, and then Connor cut back to where the gap was. So s- salty as I am, Mick wins 132.22 to 121.32. It's worth noting Mick has not won most points at all in the year. He is uh, averaging uh, fairly middle of the pack in terms of scoring. He's got... 1,649. So, yeah, I mean, he's beating three or maybe four teams at that point. So um, I think the most impressive thing here on points is just how much Blood Brothers has jumped ahead of pretty much everybody. They're about 100 points ahead of the next highest point scorer, which was Andy, who has just nosedived. Andy made a, a, a very interesting point to me yesterday. Uh, this is the first time the Kraft Jackpot will ever see somebody hit a, a six-game losing streak and still make the playoffs. 7-7 seven and seven record here for Andy. Uh, he lost week one and then six straight at the end of the year. So he was on a, a hell of a win streak up until then. Uh, Pontiac Bandits and Kickers are people too is another fairly important matchup here. Um, if Andy wins this, I think he sits in the same spot that he sits in. And uh, Ryan, it doesn't matter for Ryan at all because when he lost, what, two weeks ago or a week ago, it's kind of out of contention. Mahomes finally puts up a 20-point game. I think on paper, going into the year, if you look at Gav's team and you say, who do you think will win the whole thing? If you don't say Gav, you're crazy, which shows you just how frustrating fantasy football actually is production-wise. Stefan Diggs. Should have been WR number one. Instead, he's ranked 30th overall. I think he's like ninth or 10th in wide receivers. So, like, he's just, he's not where he was meant to be. Mahomes certainly is not the QB one that a lot of people were talking about. I had my quarterbacks ranked as follows. I had, um, I know I had Tom Brady third. I had uh, Kyler Murray first, and then I had Mahomes second. So that's that's how it went for me. Kyler Murray, Mahomes Tom Brady, then Lamar Jackson. Um, don't get me wrong. You could make an argument with me anyway that you would want to about where you would rank those guys, and I would never tell you you're wrong because you swap any one of those four guys and you make a compelling argument saying, like, well, Lamar runs better than anyone else. would be like, yeah, he certainly does. 
you say like, oh, well, Kyler, Kyler Murray runs and he's swift and small and he's hard to catch and, and can throw the ball and got all these weapons to be like, yeah, he certainly does. Tom Brady would be like, look at the weapons he has to work with. He's the smartest quarterback in the league. He's 44 and he still plays at the highest level. I'd be like, yeah, you're right. Um, you know, just any of these, these guys here. And I say, you're not wrong. And then have Dak fifth, if it, if it matters at that point. Um, all right. Ramble over Van Jefferson is a sub play perfectly, you know, great sub play, uh, 14 and a half here. Devonte Adams at 35, Amir Abdullah with just 5.3 Dalvin cook, 35 Kelsey with just five. Um, he's not the tight end one anymore. Stefan Diggs with, uh, 14 and a half and the new Orleans with seven. Let's move over to the other side. Andy played Matt Stafford. He had a pretty good game, 23.48. Uh, DK Metcalf just can't get it going. He just can't get it going. Cooper Cup, uh, 31 points. Austin Eckler, 16 and a half. He came off. He's questionable to come back this week. I know they're saying he'll come back. Um, but, I mean, I think they, they taped his ankle up forever, what it seemed like on the sideline. So I'm just not sure what to expect. If I mean, I felt like they were going to tape he, I, I thought at one point, because they just kept panning back to him to show you what was going on. I thought they were like wrapping him up to be a mummy for Halloween. That's how much tape they were putting on his ankle before he just did not go back in. Um, A.J. Dillon, I thought that actually was a really smart play. Weird, though, with all his pass-catching ability that he ended up with no catches on the night um, with 71 rushing yards. You know, I don't – it still makes me nervous because he got, I think, 15 carries in this game for Aaron Jones, who happens to be on my team. But, uh, yeah, Green Bay, it, it could swing either way for either one of these running backs, and I don't love it. Dalton Schultz, one for four. Um, not what you want from tight end production. Uh, Marquise Brown, 9.1. And Seattle with six. That's enough for 124.36. And uh, Ryan comes out 136.82. So I know I said uh, there was an implication in this matchup, but literally the result of that game changed nothing for anyone, period. Um, sort of the same thing with Thundercats, and this is the year. Although I will credit where credit's due. Peel comes out winning 25 bucks this week. That's the last pat for the most points of the regular season. Kind of saw what Peel's team was capable of real late in the game. Um, Renfro with 30 was uh, was amazing. Tyler Lockett with basically 30. That was also great. Saquon Barkley with 8.5. You like to see his production starting to get there even on a crappy team. Alvin Kamara, um, 120 rushing yards, a rushing touchdown on four catches. Uh, Dawson Knox with 20. Jamar Chase with 25. Pittsburgh defense could have just rolled nobody out there. Zero points there. Russell Wilson, um, he ran a little bit in this game too, which was good. I think he he ended up rushing for, I want to say, somewhere around 40 yards or something like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, he you know he was actually averaging decent yardage per attempt. Um, you know, Tom Brady with 30 points on the other side of the ball for Jake. Uh, like I said, he is uh, QB two for me the rest of the way. Uh, you could make an argument that he's number one. And like I said before, I would not, I wouldn't argue back. AJ Green with seventeen point two. I think he's a great play here. One hundred two yards off seven catches. Ahmad St. Brown with fifteen point three. Also a good play. Latavius Murray is totally phased out of that offense. It belongs to Devontae Freeman, but you got to keep rolling him out. Not a lot of other options out there. Alex Collins not getting the work. Rashad Penny happened to be the benefactor. Kyle Pitts with eleven point one. Um, frustrating year for Kyle Pitts owners. Absolutely frustrating year for Kyle Pitts owners. Um, I, I, Atlanta can't manufacture ways to get him the ball. He's getting decent targets. He needs to get more. Um, you got to give him double digit targets. I feel like when they did that 
They did it against the Jets, who aren't as awful against tight ends. He got mid-20s. So, um, Cortland Sutton, 1.9. Can't trust Bridgewater. I, I think Bridgewater's a fine quarterback, but he's a game manager, and he's not going to give you t- your talented guys many flash plays here. And obviously, 1.9, no flash plays. Baltimore's defense against Cleveland, just one pick. Uh, they're going to end up with three points here. So, effectively, we've got a 164 to 87 in favor of Peel. Uh, neither of those teams advanced to the playoffs. Just for for uh, further record, Jamal Williams, COVID 19, Mark Ingram, COVID 19, uh, Odell Beckham Jr., uh, COVID 19, AJ Brown, IR, and Calvin Ridley uh, obviously stepped away for mental health issues. That's all Peel's bench right here. Now, if this was a keeper league, I would say, damn, dude keeping everybody that you saw right there. Uh, but unfortunately, redraft league, not quite the same. So uh, obviously going to be a little bit shorter of a podcast today just because we've got only two matchups this week. Um, everybody that was um, eliminated, you are in the consolation bracket, which does not start until next week. You have to see what happens to the winners of this matchup to start your placements. And um, we've got two matchups this week. One's a repeat of the previous week, and then one is a barn burner. That one's going to be a tough one uh, between these guys here. So we've got uh, Galus' Gents and Jake the Snake in Bone City and Kickers Are People 2. We'll start out with Bone City and Kickers Are People 2. This is obviously, they're both matchups of the week because they're fighting for another shot at playoff contention here. Uh, And it is elimination games here too. So... Uh, we've got Aaron Rodgers, CeeDee Lamb, Debo Samuel, Najee Harris, David Montgomery, Noah Fant, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, and the LA defense against Kansas City. Um, opposite side, Matt Stafford, DK Metcalf, Cooper Cup, Austin Eckler, Elijah Mitchell, Dalton Schultz, Marquise Brown, Arizona's defense. Um, I like Andy in this matchup. Um, I'm going to put the score at 120 to 112. Yahoo's got it at 131 to 125. 120 in favor of Andy uh, to Brett's 112 here. Let me tell you why. Uh, Matt Stafford against Seattle. I- I'm going to give him 20. Yahoo's got him at 21. Metcalf, 13 for me. Yahoo's got him at 14. Cooper Cup, 23. Yahoo's got him at 24. Austin Eckler, I've got him at 19 against KC. Um, not sure if he's even going to play in this one, but if he does, 19 for me. 21 from Yahoo. Elijah Mitchell, um, yeah, I got him at 12. Yahoo has him at 14 and a half. I, I don't, I just think they're passing the ball better these past couple weeks. Um, and Ayuk is getting more involved, which seems weird because even with limited involvement, it still takes away from Elijah Mitchell. Dalton Schultz for me is a 10 compared to Yahoo's 12. Marquise Brown is a 13 compared to Yahoo's 14. And then Arizona is a seven compared to Yahoo's nine. So that that's the 11 point differential right there. Basically taking a point away from just about everybody on the team. Um, Aaron Rodgers, Yahoo's got him at 24 against Baltimore. I got him QB six this week with 20 points. CeeDee Lamb, 17. I'm giving him 15 and uh, almost 16. Debo is 17 and a half for me. 20 from Yahoo. Najee Harris, 17 and basically a half for me. Yahoo's got him at 18 and a half. Uh, Dave Montgomery with 14. Yahoo's at 15. Noah Fant, 9.98. I got him. I agree with that. Uh, nine there. Uh, Clyde Edwards, Alaire, 13 compared to the 12 from me. And then uh, LA is a five for me, not a four from Yahoo. So that puts him at 112. 
instead of the 125 here. So I think Andy advances in this one. It's still going to be tight. I mean, you're talking an eight-point differential here for for points. Um, this one is going to be difficult between Galus and Jake the Snake here. So we've got a couple of different things. Also, another big thing that's going through the league this week is there are a ton of COVID cases. Now, Keenan Allen, for me, just got reactivated today. So he's no longer in the COVID-19 uh, list. So I've got the line here sitting right now at 123 to 99. Um, obviously there's going to be some changes here for the, uh, the flex position. Um, Jalen Waddle probably going to make a very, very suitable flex against the, um, against the jets here. Um, but Kyler Murray, him at QB one against Detroit this week. I think he's going to put up 23, um, Deontay Johnson. Uh, I got him at WR four at with 18 Keenan Allen. I've got him at 12. I'll move him up a little bit. Um, but they do play Thursday and I just don't know health-wise, if he, if he can make it much further up on my list than that. Um, Javante Williams, I've got him at 16. Um, I have him at 13 points. I'm, I'm struggling with my running back choices this week. I really want to play James Robinson against Houston, for example, but I'm at RB23, and I just I hate Urban Meyer. I think I hate Urban Meyer more than I hated Adam Gase, and that is really tough to do. If, if you remember years past, if you ever want to get me pissed off, you just talk about Adam Gase. So maybe Urban Meyer isn't quite there, but he's certainly getting there very fast. When you have your quarterback, your rookie quarterback, come out and basically say, yeah, he's an idiot for taking the best player off of the field. Like, we need to get James Robinson back on the field. And then Urban Meyer plays stupid and says, well, you know, I don't micromanage my coaches, so when they take him off, it's like, what is what is going on in Jacksonville? Like, this is not, this is not what an NFL team should be doing or producing. Um, George Kittle, tight end number one for me. I've got him at 15.8. Aaron Jones, RB 13. I've got him at 13 and a half. And then Buffalo's defense against Carolina. I've got them at eight points. Uh, other side of the ball, Dak Prescott against the Giants. Expect 20 out of him. Chase Claypool with 12 and a half. Cole Beasley with uh, 11. Uh, Leonard Fournette with basically 17 and a half. Antonio Gibson at 14. TJ Hawkinson with 10. Uh, Kareem Hunt, if he does play, I've got him ranked pretty low. I just don't know if he goes in this one. But if he does, it's against Vegas, and he could pop off. So um, Denver's defense uh, with six and a half. Uh, obviously, I don't think Kareem Hunt is going to be good to go, um, you know, by game time here. But the reason I say he could pop off is Vegas is just not good against the run. They're they're the third worst team against the run this year. Um Stefanski said that he's week to week on Monday um, and that he, he probably won't go. So look for Dearness Johnson and Nick Chubb to get like a bulk of the work if that happens. But if for some reason Kareem Hunt suits up, it's just such a good position to be in for him. Um, and some other notable stuff coming off the bench. There's there's going to be some changes in, I think, both these lineups. So if Dillon comes back, if if Waddle's playable, um there's just there's a lot of uh, stuff on the line here to change. And um, we've got some games coming up on Saturday. So this is where fantasy football just starts to get a little weird for everybody. Like I said, everybody else is in a buy this week. Blood Brothers, Camp Dude, obviously in a buy in the championship bracket. Constellation, everyone's on a buy just to see who loses these games this week and gets moved down to the Constellation bracket. Um, yeah, and it's, that's about it. If we want to talk power rankings this week, um, there were some changes. I don't think they're they're super notable for 
you know, whatever, however you decide to feel about power rankings. Week 15, uh, not that it matters. Pontiac Bandits and Blood Brothers are sitting here at the top. Pontiac at 100, Blood Brothers at 99, Jake the Snake at 98, uh, Kickers of People 2 at 98, Camper Dude at 97, Thundercats with a 95, Hans Molman 92, Bone City 91, Galus is Jensen at 86, and this is the year at 72. Um, just giving you an idea of where things lie here. If you want to look at the league analyzer and see what, you know how we think standings are going to shake out, I don't think it's going to be any surprise. They're going to say Blood Brothers, Camper Dude, Jake the Snake. That's my guess. And as we pull it up, we've got Blood Brothers with a 30% chance to make it uh, to the championship match and win. We've got uh, Camper Dude with an 18% chance, Jake the Snake with a 22% chance, Kickers are people too with a 13% chance, Bone City at a 10, Galus with an 8%. Um, Fantasy is a fickle bitch, and things never work out that way. So um, expect the matchups this week to be probably heartbreaking, upsetting, predicting it now. Uh, I always hate being in this position. Uh, rest of the season power rankings, Blood Brothers, Jake the Snake, Kickers are people too. Uh, we go 191 to 83. That's the jump here. Camper Dude at 80. Pontiac Bandits is 78. Thundercats 76. Bone City 74. Galicious Gen 64. Hans Molman 58. And this is the year with a 28. Um, four of those five teams at the bottom in power rankings are uh, outside playoff contention. Thundercats at 6, sitting outside playoff contention. Galicious Gents is the only one in there. Uh, who is is not and and that and it's solely because of that reason because ECR all these fantasy experts say that stuff that I'll probably end up losing this week because a my luck and b that's how it works in fantasy. Uh, I hate to be so cynical today. Uh, we'll give you a short week this week. Appreciate everybody tuning in to everybody, including myself, who's got matchups this week. Good luck. Uh, thank you guys for for playing this year. It's always fun to do this with you. Uh, I wish we had more time. I'm happy we got an extra game out of it this year. We'll see what happens in the future as they add expansion teams and all that other fun stuff. Uh, I will be back next week to do this. And uh, until then, smell you later.